Adoption and expensive, two words that do not always belong together. There are 120,000 children in the United States that are waiting for a forever family, and adopting through this option is extremely affordable. I'm Marcy Bursack, an adoptive mom of a sibling pair, and also the author of The Forgotten Adoption Option. Twice monthly, I will interview people like adoptive parents and adopted children who've been touched by foster care adoption. My goal is to find more forever families and increase awareness about foster care adoption. Because if it were you or me, we would want someone to do this for us. Welcome to the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast. Today, I'm so excited. I'm going to interview an adoptive parent who adopted her son when he was six years old. Hi, Jane. Hi, Marcy. Jane and I met when a coworker heard about my book and wanted to connect me with others in the company who have also adopted through foster care. And when Jane and I connected, we immediately bonded when she shared with me that she has a heart for encouraging others to adopt through foster care. So what better way for her to share that than for her to share her story on the Finding Forever Families podcast. So Jane, I'm so excited for you to tell us more. So let's begin with your heart. What led you to adopt through foster care? Thanks, Marcy. So there were actually a lot of contributing factors that came together for me. Um, So first of all, I was a young mother um, to our first three sons that my husband and I had. And in my late 30s, we had an empty nest already. While a lot of our friends um, were still having children and had um, small children in their home, and I wasn't really ready to be finished parenting, So I tried a couple of things to fill that void. I volunteered some girls. Um, Another thing that happened was I have a cousin and she and her husband had started foster parenting and I saw the impact that they had on the children that had been placed in their care. So that was encouraging. And then probably the last thing that kind of came together and and really pushed me to become a foster parent was our pastor spoke about a passage from Revelations one Sunday that said, we shouldn't be lukewarm about things in our lives. Um, So if we're thinking about something, be hot or be cold, but don't just sit there on the fence. And while his message had nothing to do with foster parenting whatsoever, that was very specifically the message that I heard. And made me want to act on the urge that I had and the the thoughts that um, I had shared with my husband in the past, but we had just never really taken those steps. So first I needed to get my husband on board, make sure that he was ready to partner with me in this adventure that we took on. And then once we were on the same page, then the first step was to sign up for foster parenting classes and start that licensing process. That's so amazing that it's almost like you had these little seeds planted that your heart was like starting to be open to the idea. And I didn't realize that because that you and I should have it in common. I had volunteered with uh, the crisis nursery locally when I was in high school and I was like always loving that experience, but like you also realizing, but I want to do something more. Like it's great to take care and help out for a few hours here and there, but like these kids have real lives and, and need people in them. So did your husband quickly get on board, Jane? Like, I'm curious, because I had done an episode recently, my first episode actually was my husband, and he talked about being more reluctant to it. So what was your husband's response? So 
you know, he was supportive in terms of, you know, if you want to do it, I'll do it. But he wasn't leading, you know, and I think that's pretty typical for most things like this with women and men and, and in that relationship. However, unique for him, his father died when he was two and his mother died when he was 12 and he was taken in then by his aunt and uncle. And I think that made him more open to the idea of taking in a child or children in need as opposed to considering having our own children at that point in our lives. So his heart was already, yeah, he knew, he knew how like special that would be. Right. That's amazing. So how did you then become an adoptive mom? You you started training, but then how did you jump into having a child with you? So when we went to the foster parenting classes, I can tell you that we believed our calling was to foster and not adopt. And we thought that we would touch the lives of many children through a couple of years, through a season of our lives, and we would foster them. And as we're taught in the class, reunification is the goal. And then they would go back to their parents. And I knew that that that's kind of a recipe, kind of signing up to have my heart broken because I knew I couldn't take kids in and give them back without breaking my heart. But I know that those kids are still in need and that there's a need. So I was willing to take that chance and know that that was a risk that I was, was taking. But what I always say is that God's plan was way better than my plan. And we fostered one child, Colton, <laughs> a six-year-old boy, and we adopted him. And I never did have my heart broken having to let that child go back to their parents, which is God's will. Whatever would have worked out, that's the way you know I was prepared to approach it. But it doesn't mean that you don't get emotional about it in the process. Oh, right. Well, so it sounds like then, so when he moved in, you didn't know that he would potentially be adopted by you eventually. You just knew that you were to foster him. Is that how that worked out? So that you kind of were in in, in a spot where you didn't want to let your whole heart be vested into it, right? Right. I would say that, but we we intended to foster. We didn't think we would adopt, but I don't think it kept us from putting our whole heart into it. I know that the first night that he was with us. I tucked him in. I told him I loved him. And at that point, um, I think I've learned that love can be a noun and a feeling or a verb and a decision, uh, something that you choose to do. And certainly when we decided to foster, I was choosing to love whatever child came into our home. And that choice quickly, though, fell over into the, the real feeling and emotion when you have a six-year-old that has come to be dependent upon you and is just as charming as he was and, and lovable and affectionate. Um, we loved him quickly. And when he became available for adoption within about a year, we talked about it and decided that that was the path that we wanted to take and that we wanted to have him as part of our family. I'm listening to you, Jane, and it's so interesting because your your intent was to have potentially many temporary relationships with kids and love them deeply. And yeah, Dalton was six when he came to live with us, adopted at seven, and now he's 18 and a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you touched on something I want to make sure our listeners know, too, is the goal of foster care is reunification. And that happens. 50% of the time. <laughs> so 50% of the time kids go back 
with their biological families. And then 50% of the time they end up needing a forever family. And so I just want to make sure our listeners are aware that there's, there's huge, huge need out there for kids to have a forever family. So Jane, knowing what you know now, now that you've gone through this whole process, what do you think could have prepared your heart any differently or better for the journey of adopting your son through foster care? I think I should have um, just been praying more about what God's will would be in the process um, and know that my feelings and emotions, what's right or wrong in my mind, might not have had anything to do with what God's plan was. And it, it takes a leap of faith to open your home like that. So I think I would have just gone to God a little bit more often in the process. Which is easier saying it th- this side, right? Because in the middle of it, there's just so much going on and so many uncertainties. It can be hard to know, yeah, what, what to do next. So I understand that so much. Right. Some people think that foster care adoption is really complicated and it takes a lot of time. What kind of support system did you have in place while you were in the process of being foster parents and then adopting And did you need to talk to your employer about any scheduling or just different family changes that you were having? So we were really fortunate. My husband and I both worked for employers that were very supportive. We were both in professional roles that allowed us to take time away from the office if we needed to for for visits from social workers. uh, We had a few therapist meetings that were just required by the courts during that first year. A child advocate was assigned and we met with her maybe once a month. But in general, our process wasn't overly demanding in respect to time required away from work or out of the office. And really, I don't think it was that much more demanding than parenting a child, any child who has sick days or doctor's appointments or dentist appointments, things of that nature. So our son's family uh, was local to St. Louis. So the visits with his birth mother were pretty simple to accommodate. And the social workers did a lot of that transportation for us to make that happen. So support systems, work was good. I have a sister that lives in the area that was helpful. You know, our own boys were adults at that time, almost, you know, almost finished with college at the time. So they were supportive as well and and welcoming to our son. So it was good. So Jane, I know that there are people, cause I've been asked this before. So I just love if you'd shine some light on this. I know there are people that have kids right now, biological children right now, and they're thinking, Oh, I want to add another child or children to my family. How do I talk to my kids about that? How do we make this decision together? What did you do to help your boys kind of be part of the process? You know, they were all in college. And so I think it was, letting them know that we were exploring this opportunity and that we were looking at foster parenting. And I really think they were all very supportive. I don't, I don't remember any discussions where it was contentious and truly because they were the age they were. Yes, it's impactful for sure. No matter what you add a child to your family and it is never, the dynamic is never exactly the same, but they really, for very short periods of time only did they share the house. I mean, one of them came back home for maybe six months while 
Dalton has lived there, but certainly every holiday and every family gathering still includes him. And they were supportive and encouraging. And so even family gatherings now, how how does that work? How did they kind of create a bond when they were so far apart in age? You know, they're all unique, but they all get along just fine. Um, And we actually have grandsons that are a little closer to Dalton, our son's age, than the older boys are. So we have grandsons who are 10 and 11 and Dalton's 18. So it's almost like we have this whole stream of children (laughs) that doesn't really stop between our own children and the grandchildren, which is very common in a long time ago, but it's not as common today. That is so cool. Yeah. How sweet. How sweet. So I feel like it's, it's fair if you wouldn't mind. Can you tell us, can you, like, how would you describe Dalton? Like if you were to like introduce him to us in person, what would you say? So I've said, as I've described him to other people that he is creative and talented in ways that my husband and I, who are both accountants, could have never created ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he's musical, he's technical, and much more creative and artsy. Our older boys were more team sports players. Dalton is um, an individual sport athlete kind of thing. Like he likes wheels, sport, uh, scooters and skateboards, and he likes trampolines and all of that kind of thing. So really bringing him into our family opened us up to a variety that a, a different world that we hadn't experienced with our older boys. And the music talent is uh, pretty amazing and just so different than our own skills and abilities. He also has ADHD. And that brought with it probably part of that creativity and, and a few challenges along the way that we've learned and grown with along the way. He's good. Sounds like he added uh, some great seasoning. He did. It's <laughs> wonderful. Yes. So as we wrap up, I wonder, because something you had shared with me before we met was that you're like, you're searching for ways to share your story because you just feel like you're, you're called to tell other people about this. And so I'm curious in that time frame that you've already been feeling this anyway, and for people that are like, well, I've already done this, or maybe not for me right now, how would you encourage other people to help raise awareness for children waiting to be adopted through foster care? So I think the more often you can share your story, the better. So at church, I, I tried to encourage our church to have a weekend that was all about adoption. And I didn't, I didn't make the the progress there that I wanted to. So what I decided to do is I got very involved at church with different um, serving capacities. And that brought me in touch with a lot of people. And by being in touch with all of those people, you, you just share your story. And so I shared my story I don't know how many times, a lot of times with a lot of people at church. I'm a youth leader. I've shared my story with the girls that I've led. So a group of girls who have graduated from high school now all know about how I fostered, how my husband and I fostered and adopted our son. They then also knew our son. So because he too was involved in the youth program at the time. So just tell your story as often as you can. Dalton has been very open about his adoption. He's willing to talk about it 
regularly with people. And so it's not something that is quiet in our household or in our neighborhood. Pretty much everybody knows. And part of that's because he was adopted at the age of six. So there's no hiding that. No, he knows. (laughs) Isn't that interesting though? So six, was he in kindergarten or first grade then when you met? He was in kindergarten. So he had already been at two different schools for the first half of kindergarten because of his family instability um, during those first, that first semester of kindergarten. And then he came to us and we started him on his second semester in January of 2009. And then he went to the same school and school district ever since. And you shed a light on such an important topic because people, people can adopt children of varying ages. My kids were in preschool when we met. So we were able to start them in elementary school with the soon to be new last name. And and so we could kind of customize it. And so their story wasn't forward until more recently when as a family, we talked about it and they were like, you know, mom, I'm hundred percent okay with this because if it's going to help another kid, let's talk about it. So I love that you've been very transparent and open from, from the gate. I think that's such a great approach and very healthy approach. Thanks. Uh, Jane, this has been fun. You know, we haven't met in person yet because we met during COVID, but I've seen your face over a camera and I, I just can't wait to give you a big hug. Uh, Cause I just feel like we share such a, such a heart for children. And I just want to thank you for, for being vocal and open to share your story. And I know many are going to be encouraged and inspired. So thank you for being on my show. As a listener of the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast, you are helping raise awareness about foster care adoption and the 120,000 children who are waiting for a forever family. You can also help raise awareness by leaving a review, subscribing, sharing, talking about, and liking this podcast. If you'd like more information on adopting a child or sibling set through the foster care system, visit my website, ForgottenAdoptionOption.com. There you will find out how to get started, and you can even order a copy of my book, The Forgotten Adoption Option which will guide you through the entire process and it is available in paperback, audio, and ebook. I welcome you to reach out with questions, comments, and your own story. I would love to hear if you're signing up for training or where you are in the adoption process. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for Marcy Bursack. Thank you for tuning in, caring, and sharing because every child deserves a family.